In a world where heresy blankets the airwaves, religious stuffed shirts suck the life out of Sunday morning, and prosperity teachers rob grandmothers of their pensions, three unassuming ministers endeavor to shine the light of biblical theology and put the fun back in fundamentalism. Broadcasting live from the Hall of Dogma... Brought to you by the number of listeners we have left after last week's podcast. Welcome into episode 15 of The Gospel Friends. I'm David. 15 squared, maybe. I'm Chase. I'm Nick. Thanks for that. Wait, that's not a very high number. You guys, I will will say that I thought last week, without me, you guys did an admirable job. With or without you. But, But by my count, you offended Southerners... Foreigners, Southern foreigners, <laughs> Kirk Cameron, and people who love Kirk Cameron. Christmas, Santa Claus, candy canes. Oh, we, we've got nothing against Christmas. Southern Apparently Baptist, Kirk Cameron does. Southern Baptist, and I think Billy Graham. I heard y'all rake him over the coals at one point. So pretty so, much, you destroyed our demographic in one show. Essentially, it was a normal show. <laughs> we offended the normal amount of people. We well, didn't bring you in that you, sense. You didn't even bring up Paducah and, and all the people that you were raking over the coals. We so. didn't. We we needed a safe haven to run to when, when it all goes back. I was driving down the road with my wife, going, "What do they have against Kirk Cameron? He's a good dude. Why does Nick hate him?" I would say I said that multiple times. Have you even watched the 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 uh, video? For no, that? I did listened. Watch the I tr- listened to the audio and I saw the the picture that you yeah. guys put out, which I did. It had kind of a Rambo esque quality to it. See, they were saying it was a grin. I, that to me is more of a. Come on, boy, bring it. Let's, I had a little bit of an Arnold Schwarzenegger in that. Um, Schwartz of who? Schwarzenegger. That <laughs> Nager. It's a, it's a Nager, G. not Nader. <laughs> Whoa. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Nager with a G. Nager? Yeah, Nager. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger. Yes. Oh, I've said that wrong for 36 years. Well, no, not really. 30. 30. Okay. I probably started saying his name when I was six. <laughs> it's six. You had an excuse. What's your excuse now? Well, anyway, you know that the Christmas movie he was in. The, about oh, yes. the um, Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way. With the uh, uh, never saw it. getting his son. Trying to find the little mm-hmm. action hero doll. Thing. Him and Sinbad. Well, hey, peeling back the curtain a little bit, well, you have listeners have actually heard the song we started with, but we haven't we haven't heard it because we kind of start and then add that in editing later. But we've heard the song. That's a great song. That song was awesome. It's a good job. That whole thing happened while I was gone, and I I loved it. Well, what, what was even better is yesterday morning at the Hall of Dogma Church, the looks of utter shock and confusion on the looks of people's faces. Our media gal, um, one Miss Ann, played it for us. Yes. So they actually played it here at the church? Yeah, yeah. That was our intro music to the countdown for worship. Now, it's not the worship music we use. No, not at all. Not at all. It was so just... about three people got it, because that's how many people here listen to the podcast. Well, actually, right. it seemed like people were very amused, whether they knew the song or not. So Funky Stick Man, you and your band, at Not Entirely Chip... 
did a fantastic job on that yep. song, and it led up led off our worship service. Thank yesterday. you very much. And not the, the worship part, but it, the, and the thing. podcast today, and the podcast today. So that that was all. That the song was. I couldn't wait to. to I, I was not in a place to get great internet, and so I couldn't wait to uh, to hear it. And when I heard it. It's fantastic. Did well, the quality your, of internet your heart smile? here in central Alabama is hard to surpass in other places mm. in the United Look, States. Look, where I was in southern Alabama, <laughs> it uh, wasn't there was no there was there was no good cell coverage, which was oh, fine oh, with me oh. on my vacation or as my uh, my new friend from um, from Ireland, James McSorley, would say, my holiday. Which nice. I actually really like, and I'll start calling it that from now on. Hey, speaking of people from the United Kingdom, before we get back on track and tell everybody uh, about the show and how to get in touch with us, I do have good news. Please. I know for a fact that this show today is going to be an excellent show, or at least a very good show. Why's that? Well, because <clears throat> we got a tweet this week from an interesting person, and I've done some investigation into this, and... Um, I've come to a very drastic conclusion that I think really y'all are going to have to agree with. Samuel Level, okay, uh, and I hope I'm pronouncing this his name correctly. He is a new listener from Oxford, England, at Samuel underscore Level L O V E L L, tweeted out to us this week, three days ago, listening to episode fifteen now, liking it a lot. Well, they're ahead of us over on that side of the world. <clears throat> well. I think we he haven't is turned ahead of us yet, but because he's done that, he was listening three days ago to a show we're recording right now. I'm going to assume that Samuel Lovell is the real doctor, and he, as in Doctor okay. Who, he has traveled into the future, downloaded our show, and is listening to it. And so, with him listening to episode 15, is he actually the 15th Doctor, and he's a couple of regenerations? He could be. Do you think looking. he was? Do you think he was listening to it in the Taurus? In the in the Tardis. That's nice. Tardis. The English Tardis. 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 Whatever. With a T. So like I just Chris stuttered. <laughs> with a D. Oh dear. I just jumped to his I, Twitter page. He's got a post here. When I die, I want the people I did group projects with to lower me into my grave so they can let me down one last time. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it was that Samuel? Uh, yeah. Uh, the the fifteenth Doctor. I, I, do. I will forever call him that. I may <laughs> I not remember. That's great. Hey, look, Samuel, please great. take us on an adventure with you and your time machine. I think it's possible. And thank you for saving Sherlock. I think it is possible because if his podcast catcher does what mine does, it actually numbers like one, two, three, four, but it's it's not correlating with the episodes because the pilot was actually the first one. Does that make sense? So pilot is listed as one. The pilot strikes again. The pilot is listed as one, and episode 14 is listed as number 15 on the little podcast. Well, I will say this, Doctor. You don't have to take the skeptic, David McConnell, (laughs) with you on your time journeys. But I, Chase Thompson, want to go visit around the world through a time machine. I told you, our side of the world hasn't gotten around yet. That's not how time works, David. (laughs) It is in that Superman movie from my... When I was a kid, yes, if you well, turn okay. it backwards, if you do turn the world backward. Obviously, you go back in time, but you mm. have to go fast to do that. Really, really. Fast. How do I, people get in touch with us? We're a bit off the rails here, and I, we're I really far off the some rails. Some of that is my fault. We've already talked about Twitter. Um, we've got at my gospel friends on Twitter, and we've got a Facebook group where we do some discussions. The Hall of Dogma, Facebook.com slash Hall of slash Group slash Hall of Dogma. Calm down, Sparky. You okay. weren't here. Sober up, boys. Y'all are struggling. 
Maybe we'll see. I'm drinking whatever Samuel had in that picture. Um, Facebook.com slash group slash Hall of Dogma. We've got voicemail, 205-575-9735. If you're like Samuel or Mr. Chris, who I'm not going to try to butcher his last name, or David's cousin, um, you can hit us up on SpeakPipe, speakpipe.com slash the Gospel Friends. Yes. I think that's a uh, lager he's drinking. It, it looks good. It's a, it's, a, it's a dark deal. It's pronounced Lager. Okay, maybe not. I've missed, maybe we not try to tell each other how things are pronounced on this show. Anymore. I missed I missed I just being having nice. all of my um my pronunciation of words corrected last week while I was on holiday. <laughs> I would have missed that too. So you're you're really your your dear bride doesn't ever correct anything you do? Oh, all the time. I'm married I'm married look, it's me. Okay, if you've been listening for any length of time, you know me, and I'm married to an uh, bona fide English teacher. Like really degree and all. Yep. So, nice. I mean, I'll have her proofread stuff, and she'll throw up her hands and say, "There's like you've broken every rule in the English <laughs> language, and I have no idea." How to Even fix I it. can't fix so, this. So, like the King's English or American English, which one is her degree in? Both, but she doesn't even try the King's English with the. Okay, okay. The one we speak. Sure. Oh, okay. So, kind of Southern redneck English. I expect. What, what are we going to do today? That is a great question. <laughs> Hopefully it is about time we say something back. seriously. Hey, I have a new kind of game. It's a cousin to Tioli, our, our uh, take it or leave it. I'm calling it Big Deal or Little Deal. And in that right. part of the podcast, I'm going to give you guys three stories, including the fact that uh, several Mars Hill elders have resigned this week. Oh, and I'm going to ask you guys if you think it's a big deal, a little deal, or no deal. Do we answer now? Uh, no, I think we should probably wait till we get to the relevant part Hence of the podcast. said in the segment. Do we have suitcases that you're going to open with each one of the topics in it? That would be a great idea. Like, give me a second. I'll, do I'll you know do what that. I'm talking about? Not at all, but it sounds uh, there like There was a, a game good idea. show called Deal or No Deal. Oh, Howie yes. Long. Oh, boy. Oh, is it, wasn't it Monte, Monty Hall before that? Or is, am I thinking of another one? Oh, I don't know. I just I know it's Fist Bump Dude. Okay. While he's looking that up, I'm going to bring a discussion today fresh off my holiday. About uh, the. By the, the way, it, you're going to watch Monty Hall. He was like the famous guy. Go ahead. Yeah. The role. You're planting your stake on the. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. He sent me. We, we bounced. Uh, well, I was going to say we bounced a couple of emails back and forth, but actually he emailed me and I haven't replied because I was on holiday. But yeah. Well, and you're learning from Chase. I have a little Chase Otis. <laughs> I'll answer him in a couple months. But um, It counts. As long as they're answered, it counts. Wow. He said something about enjoying your holiday, and I thought, oh, that's all. That's what I'm going to call it from now on. But McSorley, anyway, he emailed you? Yeah, I asked him oh, to email. That's awesome. I, well, no, I asked him to email me. To, uh, I was curious about the uh, state of the gospel in Ireland. And so he sent me a Very little cool. email on it. Pretty cool. Very but cool. Um, anyway, it's fresh off my holiday. Talk a little bit about the role of Sabbath. Taking a Sabbath oh. in our Christian walk is that strictly an Old Testament command that. Uh, not really relevant to us, or is it still helpful, and why do we not see more of that in people's walk with Christ today? Well, I'm going to pick so. some heads of grain on Sabbath and see what you say about it. Oh, dear. I've got some scripture to read you from Matthew. Nice. Oh, dear. While Nick, they what squabble, yeah. <laughs> um, actually, our one of our uh, our friends of the podcast, Kevin, he had, he emailed us a link. Um, Mr. Gunger has 
um, stirred up controversy on Twitter again. And I don't necessarily want to talk as much about Gunger's controversy as um, some of the, the things he's positing in, in that article I read did make me ask, kind of go a little bit Theo Geek in some questions and, and you know, friendly debates, not divisive debates I've had with people on um, Young, Young Earth, Old Earth, as well as um, some of the parable style articulation in the Old Testament as well. So. Just awesome. some fun stuff on that. I think we have a lot to get into this show, so we need to get started. But I, to kind of open us up, I found an interesting article today. I just found a, a little humorous. We won't spend a lot of time on this, but it was called Five Things Our Parents Did That Would Get Them Arrested Today. Five Things Our Parents Did That Would Get Them Arrested Today. I thought, oh, thought some of these were pretty good, although I thought of a, at least one um, that my dad did that I'm not sure you can do anymore. I'll talk about in a moment. But uh few of these I, I actually didn't know. I think we could probably get this one. Number one was uh, seatbelts. So, you know, back in the day, um, you know, you uh, didn't necessarily have to put your kids in seatbelts. I definitely oh, yeah. remember riding in, you know, we just had a small little pickup, and I would mm-hmm. ride in between my parents. I wasn't in a car seat, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't even actually remember if I was And these in were not the trucks that had a, any type of quote-unquote back seat either. No, yeah. no. I mean, it was just, that was it. It was just the cab. But, uh, um Today in the United States, a lot of states uh, have seatbelt laws, but those didn't come around until the early 90s. The article says, until then, plenty of kids slid around the back seat or front seat anytime their mom and dad took them out for a drive. So did you guys ever ride around with no seatbelts? I did, man. My, my uh, mom's car was hit by a large moving truck one time. And oh, wow. I was mangled because I didn't have a seatbelt on. Really? My, my head actually knocked a window out. That's not funny. Oh, wow. Oh, I'm Our sorry. This is, this is the humorous <laughs> opening. Ha-ha, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm okay now, I think. Well, now Mostly. we know what the breaking the window with his head does. Um, <laughs> no, the old-style yeah, bench seats in cars. I feel bad for cars. making fun of him for not uh, answering all those emails. Oh, I actually have a story about seatbelts. Uh, when I was a kid, my mom's car got hit by a moving <laughs> van, and, and I actually had a concussion or something. Nick, you were saying something. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Nick. Sorry. <laughs> it's all good, Chase. We're here for you. Tell us how you really feel. What are we talking about? <laughs> there we go. Um, so the, the bench-style seats where it's just flat all the way across yep. and, like, if, you know, they turn too sharp, you can slide from one end to the other if you're not buckled in. Yes. Do you all remember what I'm talking about? I also remember, like, on long trips, just pillow, blanket, like, little sleeping bag in the back, sleeping, no seatbelt, no nothing. And thank God we never – I never ended up like Chase. My that dad, actually reminds me of a story. My, no, no. You already told the story. <laughs> oh, thank you. Sorry. My dad – and write this in my, my dad used to ride me and my best friend, uh, who you know, Chase, Mr. Brian. I do. Around in Good our neighborhood. We'd ask him to put us in the trunk of his car and drive <laughs> us around so we could pretend like we had been kidnapped. Not safe. Wow. Uh, home Alone. Well, how old were you guys when you got left Home Alone the first time? Gosh, Do you remember? This would have been in the early 1940s. <laughs> I don't, I'm very old. I don't remember how old I forgot. You're not going to remember anything. Your head hit the, uh, oh, yeah. the window as a uh, child. Well, um, if, you know, in many states today now, um, it is illegal for a child to be left on their own um, until the age of 12. And in wow. some states, even the age of 14, actually, is illegal. So, um, Hope Alabama. I was, I was definitely <laughs> – what, you have something to confess? <laughs> no, I don't, Officer McConnell. All right, here's one we can probably relate to. We need to be careful here because this is one where – this is a thin line. But, again, this is the article, abcnews.com. Thin line here. Um, taking photos. Now, how many of – how many of you did you did your parents take pictures of you maybe in the bathtub or something oh, when you when you were oh really yeah 
Oh, that's weird. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I mean, I remember seeing in family photo albums of pictures of cousins or whatever. Look, all right, Chase is making faces because I think he's nervous. But I mean, okay, look, scary there, topic. It is a scary topic, but I mean, you don't have any you, no pictures. Uh, far from too was, many. Of okay, young Chase, but to, <laughs> in that situation, you guys know that there are people being arrested for this today. We need Samuel back on the show now, for his sanctification song. Now, right obviously, now. they should. There, there are certain pictures. They must be arrested for. But we're talking about parents who took pictures of their kids in the bathtub. Yeah, like babies, first babies bath. Babies in the first stuff. bath, absolutely. Yes. And, and they've gotten in trouble with the law. Really? Yeah. 2008, Arizona couple took their vacation pictures to a local big box store to be developed. An employee thought their children's bath time photos were inappropriate and reported them to the authorities. And their children were taken away from them for more than a month. Oh, my gosh. Do you ever want wow. to beat people up? Yeah. And I've heard some stories like that. I mean, I have, too. People still develop film, by the way. That's breaking news right there. <laughs> How about uh, an eight-year-old boy in Cleveland in 2011 was removed from his home um, because he was in third grade and weighed 200 pounds. And his mother wow. had not done enough to help him lose weight. I used to get off the bus. I used to get off the bus at my grandmother's house and go in at 3.15. And for my afternoon snack, she would have a... Large size cheeseburger she had fried up in a black skillet pan with some homemade French fries, and that's what I would eat every afternoon. Can you guys guess what I would eat every afternoon when I got home from school? True story. Cereal. That's Cereal. Right. You better believe it. Every <laughs> that was hard. Time. Let's make a game out of those kind of questions. Still do. <laughs> Times have changed. The one that I was thinking of is how my dad used to ride us around in the back of his pickup. Oh yeah, we would. I mean, like, from from the convenience store all the way to the house, several miles or more, and and I I don't think that's legal in all states anymore. Well, we how, used to do that, and not think anything about it. How young it were fun. you whenever your dad, your dads, or whoever taught you to drive would let you drive their vehicle, not like in a parking lot? I, oh no, I was going to say I started driving. My dad started teaching me to drive when I was about. Uh, 11 or 12 see, in a parking lot. Wow. See, well, now we lived on a pretty out there street, but I think I can remember 13 or 14. Now, it, it was a loop around our, our subdivision, but I think I can remember younger than 15 him letting me um, – in parking lots, it was much younger. But, I mean, I think I can remember him letting me do that. Like yeah. I said, not out on a major road, but a subdivision-style road. Well, we started – I started on – I was driving in subdivisions when I yeah. was – by the time I was 13, easy. So times have changed. Political correctness these days, you can't get away with as much. That's the thing, though. I mean, you know, people are really like, I mean, we, we, take, we don't even put in our own car seats. We take them to the fire station to have them put in. But oh, when yeah. I was a kid, I was riding around, and we weren't even in a car oh, seat. Oh, yeah. Look, when I was in second grade, um, we moved into a new neighborhood, and I, <laughs> I met a friend. I thought you were going to say we had a wreck, my mom's. Oh, <laughs> no, sorry. I do <laughs> need forgot to tell you that story, though, but that's more about the seatbelt thing. Wow. Um, we, we moved into a neighborhood, and I had a friend at school that lived in the neighborhood. And so I told my dad about it. And so one day, my dad and I, he threw me in the back of the pickup truck. We drove over to this kid's house. He was outside playing, and we invited him over, right? And so my dad put him in the back of the pickup truck and took him home and Uh-oh. neglected to tell his parents, which raised quite the alarm. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. How long before they found out? I, I don't remember, but I remember it raised quite the alarm. And fortunately, I'm still friends with this guy. Shout out to Bo. 
All right. Well, be careful what you do with your kids because you can't get away with as much as no, you sure can. as uh, as your parents got away with. All right, guys. Uh, I uh, my responsibility to bring the game this week. I want to give some credit out to PopSugarFood.com and FunTrivia.com. I decided that. Um, Wait a minute. What is that? Why do you have handwriting written notes in front of? I you? have some handwritten notes for the game. What? I know that blows your mind. What because is this, you, 1978? That blows your mind because you can't actually read your handwriting. No, I cannot. <laughs> wow. Well, I stopped writing a long time ago. I'm strictly a typist these But I, I wrote these down. It was just faster that way. You use pen and piece of paper. You got like three pages of notes there. Well, it's not three pages of notes. It's just some questions. I decided uh, – We've. Got, I don't know if you guys have heard this. No, you can't have it. We've gotten some feedback from several listeners that they're not happy with the quote-unquote sad SEC talk oh. or football talk that's not real football, as in football in England. So if I if oh, I needed yes. to point out that I'm still holding Chase off by 17 points in fantasy football, that probably wouldn't. I, the fantasy football league we probably need to talk about because we do have a Gospel Friends fantasy football uh, league. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that one because I'm getting... Shout out to uh, at I am Super Dad. Hope you... Feeling a little bit better, and you can sit down today. Uh, a little sore, probably from what happened yesterday. But anyway, <laughs> wow. Um, so, uh, <laughs> how? Uh, you, feel free, Kristen, to call in and leave Friends a uh, voicemail. Hey, voicemail. Voicemail, if you'd like. But um, no, I decided let, we should maybe we should find something that everybody could uh, relate to. So I thought food. Okay. And, okay. and so we're going to do. Uh, we've got the, the game today something based on tells food. Me with him being that. Something everyone can relate to. This all goes wrong somehow. No, it's not. You never know. In, in, uh, shout out to our friends like uh, Baptist Fixer, um, uh, our, our new friend McSorley from Ireland, and Chris Stuttard. Stuttard. Okay. From uh, the UK, we're going to do a little uh, sorry, trivia guys. for uh, Australian food, British food, and uh, Irish food. That's fantastic. Here we go, I Chase. Love it. Number one. First question to By you. By the way, Stuttard's half Welsh. Yes, but he, he is he from t- Yorkshire. He told us that. Yes, uh, Chase. Number one, we're going to hit some Australian dishes first. What is the main ingredient of Vegemite, which is a apparently fairly popular Australian oh dish? Oh my gosh, I should totally know. Is this. it salt, yeast, 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 <laughs> yeast folate, or malt? Salt, what? yeast, 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 <laughs> yeast, folate, or malt? Hey, just go with yeast. I'm going to say yeast. (laughs) Yeast is correct. Okay, the third yeast. Yes, is the the third one. Okay, good. That's making sure. Uh, Yes, uh, Vegemite has been made uh, apparently since 1923. We started off by the Fred Walker Company. But anyway, yeast is correct. One point to you. Made famous by Land Down Under, that fantastic song. (laughs) Nick, an Australian dessert is named after which famous Russian ballerina? Alicia Markova, Galina Ulovnova, or Anna Pavlova. I'm sure I got all those right. Come on, Nick. You, you know a lot about Russian ballerinas. No, yeah. you got to know about Australian desserts. What were the names again? A uh, bunch of them I can't pronounce. Uh, <laughs> Alicia Markova, Galina Ulanova, or Anna Pavlova. I'm hey, sorry, quit what? Googling. <laughs> Yeah, really. <laughs> Cheating. I was really hoping with You probably life. wouldn't want to Google those names anyway. I was actually Googling Russian ballerinas, Australian desserts. Hey, that's dangerous to do on the Hall that's of Dogma saying. Church Wi-Fi. Well, I actually have it kind of segmented off, so I probably couldn't get to anything bad. Okay. Um, 
I'm going with option A. Uh, Alicia Markova is incorrect. Okay. It's actually the Anna Pavlova. Pavlova. Yeah. See, that was my yeah. – I thought I heard Markova. What's the dessert? It's a uh, made from egg whites and sugar, mm. uh, and when cooked, it turns um, light and fluffy in the center and a crispy outer shell. Yummy. So anyway, one nothing to uh, Chase. Let's do a little bit more here in, in the Australian world. Chase, what is the name of the dessert named after Australian opera singer Dame Nellie Melba? Is it the apricot Melba, the peach Melba, plum Melba, or nectarine Melba? Peach Melba. That is correct. Zing. Two, nothing. Wow. Hey, let's give Nick one he can get. Which of these is not an Australian beer? XXXX, Heineken, Tuis, or Han. Not an Australian beer. You didn't include Foster's in that list? No. Wow. Because it is an Australian beer. I actually would guess that two of those weren't Australian. Only one. It's Three. either XXX or Heineken, two, but I don't remember. One. I don't remember. Sorry. We got to just name one. A. Go no, with A. There's actually Heineken. Damn it. German. Uh, Why am I Chase is up to nothing. Maybe maybe Nick will have better luck here in the British category. Let's uh, let's give Nick another. So uh, by the way, if you're going to go search for beers, don't start off with XXX. <laughs> good plan. Good internet good tip plan. there, Nick. That makes uh, this whole segment worthwhile. Oh, Chase. Hey, yes. Chase, just remember I am beating you workouts. When hot, uh, which hot and hearty drink is served as an alternative to tea and coffee at nearly every football stadium in England? Marmite, Vegemite, Bovril, or Oyo? Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, say it again. <laughs> Marmite, <laughs> Vegemite. No bo- typing. Bovril <laughs> or Oyo? It's either Marmite or Oyo. Um, certainly not Vegemite. Uh, hmm. I will go with D. The last one. Oyo. Uh, that's incorrect. It's actually Broville, which is a oh, salty oh. meat extract drink, also known as beef tea. Yeah, that doesn't sound good. Nick. Maybe that's why we've never heard of it. Harry so. Ramsden's is, a, is well known for serving which food? In the UK, roast beef and Yorkshire pudding, fish and chips, bacon buddy, or English cooked breakfast. Bacon buddy. That's awesome. Harry Ramsden's. A. Roast beef and Yorkshire pudding? Incorrect. Fish and chips. Wow. Don't don't judge me. uh, I will say this. I have been listening to a um, set of series of novels that's primarily... Primarily, primarily, I think that was a bad word. In there I don't somewhere. know, but it wasn't primarily based in Europe, and they have some interesting names for dishes. So they do. Let's do two two more questions oh, here. Although I'm not sure, it won't matter. You're up to nothing. I don't know that. Uh, I think think Nick's out of it. But and for I'm our friend McSorley, Chase Downing the Shamrock is an Irish. Drowning. Yes, drowning the Shamrock. Did I say downing? Yes. You did say it's downing. because I can't read my writing. Drowning the shamrock is an Irish saying for over-drinking on St. Patrick's Day. True or false? False. Uh, that is correct. It is false. Drowning the shamrock is actually putting a shamrock in the last drink of the evening on St. Patty's Day. Nice. Huh. That is a good tradition. So you're going you're gonna to take the game here. By the way, there's a lot of uh, alcohol questions 
here. That's interesting. They must drink more in Cheers. the other countries than we do. Perhaps so. Nick, just way, for bonus. We're going to conversation oh, someday. Yes, let, just me get for another, bonus, let me get another one. Uh, do we have any Canadian listeners, Chase? Because I have we a Canadian. We do, Canadi- indeed. Good. Um, uh, Nick, in Canada, Pets Day Non is I'm going to punch you in the throat. Pets Day Non is a French-Canadian pastry cake. If you translate it into English, it literally means A, pastry of pride, B, sister be fat, or C, nuns farts. Dear God, please let it be A. Nope. It's C. I don't C. know. I think C is a lot better. Nuns farts. Oh my gosh. That's, that's something you eat? Uh, yeah. It's also called nuns puffs. The origin of the English name is a mystery. <laughs> okay. But if you, if you Google this... Pets Day Non, it will come up as um, Nuns Farts. Oh, that was fantastic. <laughs> can we say that? Yeah, I, I guess. I guess <laughs> after, we can use After the... I said pre dangingly, <laughs> we can probably say. Look, it's a real pastry. Between Sh- I didn't make it Who would eat that, though? They look. They actually light look, and airy. They... <laughs> well, I guess if you have gas and it will help you not have gas. Well, look. All right, look. Any excuse to eat a pastry, as far as I'm concerned. If you actually, uh, you're closing in. If you actually Google it, oh, there's no time left. It will. It will come minutes. up. Two minutes. Here, here, here's a picture. Those are the nuns puffs. <laughs> Please Ooh, don't gosh, search that for that beer good. I was looking for. Yes. Look, we need to cut the podcast quick because I'm hungry. I didn't have dinner. <laughs> hey, let's spend the rest of our time today. talking about serious stuff. Go let's for the do love. it. All right. So, although I may ask my wife for some nuns farts for my birthday. I don't know, Nick. We might have to edit that line out. <laughs> no, I think that's going to end up being a one-liner on my phone. The FCC is going to come crashing down on our heads yet again. Um, okay. So we're going to talk here about something slightly more serious than the you gas what, problems of nuns. You try to bring that back around. They were going to sit over here not quite breathing. Speaking of nuns, I have a church story to share. And it's actually pretty serious. So, uh, Speaking of nuns. Wow. I, I, this is going to be a, one of those hard gospel friends transitions from the not so serious it's to okay. the much more serious. There's nobody the, listening. <laughs> it's fine. If you break out the we'll window see. glass in There's your mom's no car with your. Well, the doctor's uh, listening. We already know he listened. He must like this kind of humor. Oh, um, that's right. And he said it was a good show. He did say. So well, he we said must, he enjoyed it. He so stick it around. Show, it's so. got to get better. Yes. Okay. So serious business, guys. Uh, I'm going to give you three topics, and right. you're going to give us some commentary on it and tell us if it's a big deal, a little deal, or no deal. Uh, and the first one uh, is uh, just happened a couple of days ago. Several Mars Hill elders, uh, even after – Mark Driscoll made his announcement two weeks ago, which was extensively covered by the Gospel Friends podcast. Even after Pastor Mark Driscoll of uh, Mars Hill Church in Seattle made his announcement a couple of weeks ago um, that he was stepping down for a uh, multi-week period, um, the elders and friends of Pastor Mark at at Mars Hill, several elders have stepped down Mm Um, and resigned because they have a, essentially a belief that the process is is not going to go to a good place. Um, I'm going to read to you from uh, Dustin Kinsrew, and you guys might know him from uh, the group Thrice and know that he has been a uh, elder at Mars Hill for quite a while and 
um, a music minister there and, and several other jobs. He was one of the ones resigning this week, and uh, he said this, and this is from his letter um, found on his site. This is not from a, a critic. He said, Mars Hill is not on a good trajectory. All signs would point to the probability, and this is strong, all signs would point to the probability that Jesus is, quote, removing the lampstand, just as he warned the church of Ephesus he would do to them in the book of Revelation. Mm -hmm. The way to prevent this is not to simply return to the love we had at first, but first repent. If Mars Hill is to survive even another six months, it needs to be a place of radical repentance, repentance of pride, deception, domineering attitudes, lazy and self-serving hermeneutics, and a slew of other sins. If you are going to stay, I pray that you would be bold yet loving in your confrontation of these sins and your demand for repentance because the Church of Christ deserves nothing less. David, before I ask you if this is a big deal or a little deal, do you need to? You you brought the story to us. Is there any blanks you need to fill in? No, I mean I think that um, I mean I think the the you know, there's there's so much to it, um, you know, and there, there's the the letter supposedly that was written by these uh, nine elders to the <clears throat> full elder council at Mars Hill um, is out on the internet. Um, supposedly has been leaked out. And so you can go read that letter. It's, it's actually quite lengthy. A lot of comments in there from, uh, um, Paul Tripp, who I'm, I'm not familiar with, but apparently was on the uh, board of accountability, uh, there for, uh, Mars Hill for a while and, and, uh, stepped away and has provided some insights. Um, <clears throat> I'm actually, uh, uh, you know, have had some interactions with one of the elders, um, on Twitter, uh, you know, we're, we're not, you know, friends or anything like that. Just um, some back and forth interaction actually over some, uh, over adoption issues. Um, you know, Paul Tripp is Ted Tripp's brother, the guy who wrote uh, Shepherding a Child's Heart. No, actually, I didn't know that. Okay, yes. No, brothers. Okay. All right. Uh, so, uh, you know, these, the guys, as I know them, I mean, here's the thing with the, this story is that these are not, you know, a lot of the things that we've been talking about this Mars Hill story in recent days have been about things that happened five years ago, ten years ago. These are guys who are there right now. These are guys who, you know, when I hear their name, I've had a very good um, thought of them, you know, uh, thought well of them. And and they're now stepping away saying they're not they're not downing Mark. They're not downing Pastor Mark. They're saying we want him to go through a restoration process we want the church to change the governance. We want to walk more in the light. We think Mars Hill can can get back to a place of being very effective for the gospel. We believe Mark can get back to a place of being effective for the gospel, but we must make changes. That's what they're calling for. And, and now, because they don't believe that their concerns are being listened to, they're, they're walking away. I mean, they're, they're, they're resigning. They're resigning from their livelihood here. This is them stepping away from their livelihood. Um, that, you know, not to jump ahead, but that makes this a big deal to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you've given your big deal, little deal, or no deal. You think it's a big deal? I think deal. this is a big deal. Uh, that, that'll kick us over to Nick. Nick, what do you think? Big deal? Um, absolutely big deal. It's not, you know, it's a, it's a, sorry, family's calling. Um, it's a tough, because it's a, it's one church, and, and I'm not trying to minimize it for the people going through it. Um, you know, it's, 
it's an interesting situation, but but what they're doing, the how and the why, um, it, what these like Dave was saying, what these guys are willing to give up to stand um, on the side of biblical cor- correctness, um, both for their ministry, the church they love, the the, the members they love. That's a big deal. Um, I, I guess my concern is the sides I see getting drawn where everybody in Christendom has to either pick Driscoll or the Mars Hill elders or the resigned guys. And, you know, I just, I hate that, that pick a side in Christendom that we've, we've started doing because, you know, I'm one of the, it's what we talked about a couple weeks ago. I'm for all these guys. Um, Kinsru, I mean, you know, started listening to his, his album, um, knew him by reputation from thrice, um, as a worship leader, love that record he's got out. Um, and so when I want to go listen to some worship music, that's one of the first records I pick up lately. But at the same time, it, there's some books by Driscoll back in the day that just have done worlds for me. And, and so, um, I respect and appreciate part of what they've all done, but I just, I don't like the, the, the sides we Tend to draw, and and I can understand that. I don't think any of these guys reading, and look, I don't, I don't know them, um, uh, you know, personally, but I don't, I don't get from any of these guys that they have an axe to grind with Driscoll or that they're no. out to get him. I, I, but that's what's tough though, is because it's not, yeah. it's not. They seem to be saying exactly, you know, we Matthew eighteen, we, yes. we went to him, um, we went to them. It's not working. We're stepping away. And 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 I don't think they're doing. I don't think they're trying to slander anybody or drag anybody through the mud. I just it's what I see people doing around them you're on st- social media. You're just starting to hear like that. Th- this is coming out here now, like more where you know you're you're starting to hear from different parties, kind of the same thing uh, over again. The, the Tim Keller quote in the New York Times a couple of weeks ago um, regarding um, some of Driscoll's issue in, in personal. Uh, communication, the the Acts twenty nine guys, the, these 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 elders even kind of shed a little bit of a light on on that that that, that the Acts twenty nine thing may not have been what it appeared. In other words, that there were people from Acts twenty nine trying to reach out to the board of accountability mm. and Mark and and having conversations with them, and 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 you're just starting to hear this now from multiple people that there's a culture that's been built there at Mars Hill that is not. Um, not what it should be, and you're starting to hear that more and more. And so now it's just kind of like, okay, what there there is something here, and you know, I know there are some people out there that would, you know, I don't know that they listen to the show that people would would say, oh, this is what we've been saying from the beginning. But you know, I you don't you know you don't want to be quick to jump on someone, and and you know when you feel like I mean, it really felt like man, so many people are piling on Mark here. He has meant a lot to me personally from a distance, and, and I've mm-hmm. learned a lot from him. Like Chase said at the very outset, the first time we talked about this issue, the man always points to Jesus in his teaching. I don't think this negates some of the, the, the fruitfulness that he has had in ministry over sure. the years. I don't, I, I don't doubt God has been using him in mighty ways in people's lives, and I don't think that changes. This doesn't change those things. This just points toward there appear to be some issues he needs to work through in order to have fruitful ministry in the future, which is what I believe people should want. Yeah. Well, very briefly, I think, I think this is a big deal as we all do. It's sad. It's, 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 
it's scary, but it's also sobering. It's sobering for every church leader. Mm. Um, I, I hope this points every church leader to kind of question the the one man on a hillside with no real accountability kind of model. Because if a man like Driscoll can fall, anybody can fall. Um, I'll read you a quote from Katie Ladd, who is a United Methodist pastor in Seattle um, that she told the Huffington Post. She said, Mark Driscoll's teachings have left thousands of people exposed to the meanest form of church. Hmm. She says uh, she she lamented the fact that one of the Mars Hill churches moved into an old Methodist church, and she said um, that church has stood for justice and peace for over a thousand years. I'm sorry, over a hundred years. I was sorrowful to see its historic location become part of the Mars Hill network, which does not reflect the value of inclusion or a gospel of compassion that the first church has championed for so long. That's part of quotes like that are part of the reason why this is such a grievous thing because be a little controversial here we don't have a gospel of compassion or values of conclu- of inclusion we are called to compassion but our gospel is not a gospel of compassion it is it is a specific gospel of the fact that Jesus and Jesus alone died taking our place on the cross, paying our price for our sins so that sinful man might be redeemed. And Driscoll was a guy who preached that gospel. Um, And and some of these others who are perhaps rejoicing at his downfall, I don't know if you hear the clear gospel from there. Compassion is great. We have a food pantry here. We spend our time and money feeding the poor and doing that. But ultimately – that's not going to save souls unless it is tied to a clear presentation of the gospel. And if Mars Hill's Hill goes down, and it might should, based on what some of what we've seen, a bastion of preaching the gospel is going down. And, and I, I just pray that God would bring uh, redemption well, out and, of this. And, and I, I agree with that. And I hope that the church – look, if there's a culture there that needs to be changed, then I hope that it's it's a rebirth and not a – you know, if it's going down, I hope it's going down to be reborn. Because, like you said, Amen. in that in that part of the country, in that city, uh, as I said earlier, there's been a lot of fruit there. Yes. One thing I, I do, and I know we weren't going to go well down this road, but I, I've read on Twitter uh, several people, in, in, including uh, I think Matt Redman has brought this up um, on Twitter, and that is that a lot of people seem to be talking about Driscoll and what he's going through and in his future in ministry, but it doesn't seem like uh, a lot of people are talking about the quote-unquote victims, the, mm-hmm. the guys who uh, got ran over by the Mars Hill bus, to use the uh, the Driscoll uh, mm-hmm. terminology from several years ago. And, um, yeah, you know, maybe you guys could talk to that. You know, I, I, think, I think the one reason – look, I have not painted Driscoll to be a – I, I I don't believe that I've painted him out to be a victim. If someone thinks that I have, I, I'd, I'd be willing to listen to that. I have said that I feel like he is being uh, unduly criticized for things that he had tried to deal with already. But I've not at any point tried to say that somehow this wasn't his fault or that somehow you know he's not done wrong things or anything like that. I, I just felt like criticizing him for things that he's come forward and say look i'm i'm sorry for this I, this is you know this was wrong it happened 10 years ago i didn't see the how that was productive but 
I, I guess, you know, I, I look, I've been hurt in ministry. Nick, I know you, you've you mm-hmm. been hurt in ministry. Chase, I know you've been hurt in ministry. And, and I don't... I don't know how productive it is, and maybe this is a part of of my walk where I need a little bit more compassion. But I don't I don't know how productive it is to to focus so much on that kind of yeah I've been victimized by the church and and I'm you know someone owes me now mm-hmm. you know and I realize I know that that's not what Matt and some of the guys were saying. I know they're just saying look there have been real people who've been really hurt at Mars Hill or yeah. by what's happened at mm-hmm. Mars Hill and we need to think and pray for them. And I agree with that. But even if I was sitting across from some of those guys right now, you know, my counsel would would be that look you've got to you let God defend you there and move on in yeah. ministry. Not saying, hey, it's not important what mm-hmm. happened to you, but if you were truly victimized by the culture there and what was happening at Mars Hill and by Driscoll, allow God to defend you and allow God to move you to where you need to be to be fruitful in ministry. Yeah. I will say this. It, you know, there is, there is no place in the church for controlling, manipulative bullies or bullying Amen. tactics. Amen. God's church is never to be a one-man show. It is not to be led by an elitist cabal of guys, but by Christ-filled servants. So I, I just want to be very clear about that. I pray, I hope for redemption for everybody that's been hurt by this and everybody involved in it. Amen. Because I believe these are Jesus guys, ultimately, even if some or Driscoll or whoever has lost the way. Um, okay, second second story. This is quite a shift from the first one, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, in recent days, uh, there has been alarming reports in the media, gentlemen, of a brand new virus that is spreading across central Alabama, the uh, enterovirus D68. Uh, it is sickening many kids and has apparently sent hundreds, possibly thousands, possibly more than that, of children to the hospital. Twelve states so far have contacted the Centers for Disease Control for assistance in dealing with this virus, including Alabama, oh, which joy. is the newest state on the list. Well, good. Um, the uh, a virologist and a spokesman for the CDC says that the unusually high number of hospitalizations re- uh, related to this case could be just the tip of the iceberg in terms wow. of severe cases. Okay. So in a world that's wrestling with um, uh, Ebola right now and, and with a past that recently saw us deal years ago with the SARS virus that hit uh, the Middle East and China and places like that, are we dealing with something of, uh, of close to that significance? Guys, is uh, enterovirus D68, is this a big deal, a little deal, or a no deal? Chase, we, we need to have a conversation about your disease discussions because you freak me out, dude. You find the weirdest – of course you're going to – I'm going to say it's a big deal because now I'm going to like – I'm going to lay in bed trying to go to sleep tonight and just – I'm sure I've got some infectious disease that I still can't pronounce after he said it three times. You were coughing earlier. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Help me. Technically, I think for this one, you're, you, you know, it's more of a uh, worried about kids – it is. It does than adults. I'm not reading anything yes, about it have hitting four, adults. I have four little hard. people in my house right now. So I was just trying to redirect your. Oh, fears. it doesn't matter. It doesn't, that, thank you very much. That's You're welcome. Yeah, let's move them off yourself to your children that are. Yeah, that's great. Um, I mean, look, you can't say it's uh, with with something with that kind of severity. You can't say no. It's not a big deal. But you know, <laughs> you kind of prayerfully, you know, believe the the best and. 
trust that doctors and all that stuff. Yeah, thank you, Chase. You're welcome. I think it's uh, be assured. <laughs> you know, this is a different like this is a different side. I, I think I saw the tweet you sent out last week from the CDC about the uh, Ebola um, and the director from the CDC saying this was a we were I, don't, I forgot what the tweet was, but we're on the you know we're on the verge of something spectacular here that needs to be. Uh, dealt with, um, or this is going to be a big issue. I will say that um, I I do think from the Ebola perspective, it is much worse than people have um, maybe that has been reported, and part of that is because it's not been here and uh, in, impacting us uh, in, in, in our country, so I don't know that it gets reported as much. Um, but I do sometimes, you know, when the CDC guys get on there and and they're going to Congress and they're talking about those things, there's always that part of me that's like, you're playing this up a little bit because, you know, you want funding. I mean, there's funding that needs to come to you. And so this is a way for you to remind Congress and remind, (laughs) you know, that that you need money and that you need that funding. So um, that's always in the back of my mind. When it comes to this, uh, yeah, this this is – Look, this is scary sounding. I've dug down, you know, kind of read some of these articles today, um, and, and I am certainly, you know, look, I, I think it's a big deal. Um, I think it's a big deal for, you know, when it, when it possibly impacts your children. It's, it's, it's a big deal. You know, reading down into it, it seems like it has sent a lot of kids to the, to the emergency room, but the hospitalizations and the ICU visits have been with a certain segment of children who already have an existing either respiratory issue, asthma, something along those lines. And so um, if I, I think um, for you know, for us and, you know, when you have kids who have asthma mm-hmm. and predisposition to respiratory issues, it, that's it's, it's a big deal. I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's not a big deal otherwise, but it does it does seem like those are the kids that it's, it's possibly putting into the hospital versus from what I read today, there are a lot of kids who get this and it's a it's like a really bad cold. And that's yeah. that's kind of that's kind of the, the end of it. Um I don't. I don't really know. This one they said is 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 kind of rare about when it's hit, and it's kind of rare about, um, you know, um, uh, maybe how this time of year that it's hitting, and 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 how many kids that it's impacting. So certainly, I, I would be like, I'd be like Nick. I, I don't. I don't think there needs to be uh, fear over that, mm-hmm. um, just based on. You know our command to not be afraid, but uh, I, I do certainly think that's a big deal for all those parents and those kids who are being hit. hit yeah, with. absolutely. I'm a bit unnerved about it. As you guys know, we have asthma kids in our family. Mm-hmm. Last year, despite the fact that all my kids are vaccinated, uh, we got hit with whooping cough, which was a three, four, five month ordeal in my household. And um, may the Lord grant that we not have another one like Amen. that. Um, I thought it was whooping cough. Whooping, whooping, pertussis. Let's call it pertussis because okay. that's oh, yeah. a lot that's easier. That's an easy word to say. It's it's a lot easier. I was just looking for a way to correct you on something. Thank you, and as well you should. After my arrogant overcorrection of your words, <laughs> Lord help me to be more humble. No, um, no, 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 no. Be like Francis Chan and say, Lord help me to humble myself, so you do not have to humble me. I'm into that too because that that's a good prayer. Last one, gentlemen. Uh, Andy Stanley. 
Pastor Andy Stanley of uh, Church in Atlanta, one of the biggest churches in the United States of America, tweeted out this week an article, uh, a link to an article written by uh, a young lady named Jessica Misner, uh, and his tweet said, this is why we must teach the next generation that the foundation of our faith is an event, in all caps, not a book, in all caps. And if you go read Jessica's article, here's essentially what she's saying. She was an evangelical Christian. She went to seminary at Yale, at which point in time, essentially the the Bible critics at Yale uh, pulled the rug out from under her. Um, and Yale has a seminary? Uh, yes, it does. Okay. Graduate school. Uh, it used to be very, uh, I mean, it's still very prominent. Harvard's probably the more prominent uh, of the divinity a schools. A lot of those now. schools started as divinity schools, didn't they? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and this is what this is what Jessica wrote. She said, "I found out that Greek words like the ones we've translated two thousand years later to mean homosexuality don't quite mean what modern evangelicals want them to mean. Early Christians disagreed up to the fifth century on which portions of texts should be in the biblical canon. More and more, I realized that the Bible was a flawed, messy, deeply human book." in italics, and that in treating it as an unimpeachable guidebook for life in the 21st century, many conservative Christians were basing their worldviews on a text that, in my opinion, wasn't that much different from any other historical collection of letters and stories. Hmm. I got a lot to say to that. She is is factually incorrect on her assertions about the Greek words. and uh, overblown on her assertions assertions about the disagreement over the biblical canon. But what I'm asking you guys is, it's not a big deal that a girl would go to college and have her faith challenged. Is it a big deal that Andy Stanley would take that article and say, folks, we can't base our faith on the Bible. We've got to base our faith on an event, I assume, being the resurrection of Jesus. See... I understand what he's trying to convey. You always know, you always know the severity of Nick's comments by the number of sighs before he. <laughs> yeah, that's that's delightful. Thank that was, you. This is a two sire. Go ahead. <laughs> it's a two, two sire. sire. See, now I just want to kind of juke you and just be like, "Hey, Andy, hey." Um, no, this that's the thing. I, I get what he's trying to convey in in the the focus focusing on the resurrection, focusing on. I, I get the the point, but you know, I just I wish. Andy would get a PR person um, because this is not the first time recently he's kind of tripped over um, his use, um, push for the use of the Bible. Um, you know, not too long ago we talked about, I think, on, on the podcast about um, the Bible says versus Paul says. And it, and it seems like he is um, beginning to, to push back on, on the word. And, and that scares me because – you know, as believers, we we don't have another source of info. Um, this this is our our source of info, and so uh, you know, I, I definitely can understand. Um, you know, we we've talked with friends of ours from the show, friends who are members of the church, about well, I have questions about this letter or these right. You know, why were these things left in? Why were these things? Left? And I get those questions, um, but they're questions to be answered. That it's not to invalidate or modify um, how we. We start and finish our our expression of faith, teaching, um, discussions, yeah. anything like that. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I hear your articulation. Uh, you know that that this is not the first time he's kind of 
you know, tripped over his words and maybe needs a PR person. I know what you're trying to say there, although I'm not sure that he would share that view. I think he's well, saying what he thinks. You know, you know it, it, look, I like I like Andy Stanley. <laughs> See, he's, you're, a, he's, you're... <laughs> a, he's a good communicator. I've always right. – we actually – years ago, me and, and another friend of mine – did a uh, a small group here where we based on a, a family uh, a family small group based on um, some uh, uh, material that Andy Stanley had wrote hmm. and had written and um, there was some parts of that that we actually corrected I mean you know, where we said look we don't share his view here but the guy's a good communicator the guy you know he he's uh, you know it's easy to listen to I don't realize that that doesn't that doesn't mean anything to be a good communicator and be a heretic but I mean he you know he loves Jesus and but but he always he's got that feel to me that he's like walking an edge like he's not falling off on the 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 left the liberal side of Christianity but it's, it always seems like there the last couple of years like there are just things where he's teetering there and and you know there there's been several several things that have come up uh, you know in the last couple of years with him that um and I, I don't want to be critical it just that's kind of the feeling that I get um sometimes with with Andy and you know here's the thing I don't I mean his comment okay that we need to teach that it's the foundation is an event not a book and like you said Chase I assume that he means there the resurrection of Christ the problem is the evidence of the resurrection it's based on the book. It is. It is. Uh, you largely. know, a, a large portion of that is is and and the Jesus upheld the word. Jesus and the apostles that he sent out, they upheld the word and they primarily nothing was based, you know, Jesus Jesus would point people away from you know miracles at times he he you know gr- these great crowds would come and he would say look you're you're not you're not coming um for any other reason other than you had a fill of this miracle that I did and you want more of it but in other words he he was there were times where he would tell these crowds you you were chasing after me for the wrong reason and and constantly Jesus and the disciples pointed to the the written word uh, the the word of the old testament and and then the word that the apostles that the holy spirit was was um having them write um as they went and and that's what they pointed to the the power of the word and and the 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 spirit driven word to bring change in people's lives so the bible my point is these men including jesus himself they didn't shy away from the written word of god they didn't shy away from those things and and act like that was an aside they didn't they they staked that as a foundation of faith so yep. why would we not stake that as a foundation of faith and the, the answer to that is because culturally it's not accepted, and and culturally it's being called a book of myths, and and it's not relevant for our lives today. And so, rather than double down on the word, we're kind of circling back and saying, well, you know, that's not the foundation of our faith anyway. That's what some people are doing. It's we need to double down on the word. Yes, I, I yeah, look completely agree. Yeah, I, I, I'm worried about where Stanley's going. I will say this re- real briefly. Uh, it might open a bit of a can of worms, but the 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 word that, that Jessica was talking about that we translate to mean homosexuality is a Greek word that apparently Paul coined uh, or was one of the first to use. It's the word arsenikoitis, 
And it's two words put together. I mean, you guys might have heard uh, the technical term for sexual activity, coitus. It comes from that Greek word. It, it has its roots and meaning in a bed. The word arson means man. So the word arsenicoitus is, is, talks about have, having a man in bed. I mean, you know, a man having a man in bed. That's exactly what the sentence says. And I just, you, if you do a Google search, this is interesting to me, you do a Google search for arsenicoitus, the first four. Does that get blocked by our web filter? Uh, it does not, no. <laughs> but the first four articles are from homosexual churches or pro homosexual movements that are talking about how this word doesn't mean what it appears to mean. But factually, it, it does. Now, that's a topic for another show. Uh, let, me, I, let me just say, I want to put it this way. If, if, if you based your view of sexuality completely on what you read in the Bible, I do not think someone could walk away from that and say the Bible has a approving view of homosexuality. It is, you can't make that case. Now, I agree with you about that, that, that people are manipulating, I think, now those words and basically trying to rewrite what is the historical understanding, the church historical understanding of what those words mean, and, and doing it in a, in a way that is not factual. But if you just start from Genesis and, 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 and you walk your way through Scripture, there's, there's no positive view here. And it's very clear that, 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 that even Christ and the church, like that relationship is what marriage is built on, is a husband and a wife and a, and a bride and a groom. And, and there's just there's no way that I think that you get a picture that the Bible is approving of homosexuality, reading Scripture from cover to cover. Yes, and I will say you also will not get the idea that the sin of homosexuality is a sin on a uh, uh, up there near the top of most abomination, abominable sins. Nope. I agree with that. Um, John, John 6, by the way, John uh, chapter 6, Simon Peter, you know, all these people had walked away from Jesus because he had given them a, a hard word. And so all these groups of people that were following him walked away. And Jesus asked the 12 apostles, those 12 men left, he said, do you want to go away also? And Simon Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have words of eternal life. Yes. Peter pointed to that and said, you have the words of eternal life. The word was foundational, and the words that Jesus was speaking and that he sent his apostles to speak was foundational to our faith. It's not an aside. Amen. Amen. By the way, I'm quite familiar with the Levitical passages before somebody tweets me those. I'm speaking of the whole Bible, New Testament in particular. Yeah. All right, guys, I think I burned up a lot of time there. I'm going to try to be quiet for a couple of minutes, put myself in a bit of a penalty box, and hand it over to you guys. Nick, actually, you want to – is it mine? Middle. You're the games. Uh, I'm so the games. games so, hey, we won't spend a lot of time on this. I just uh, did – it really enjoyed my week off uh, last week with my family, and um, we, we unplugged for uh, – unplugged for a week, and, and we were blessed this year to uh, actually you know, financially be able to go somewhere and, and just – kind of get off by the coast and, and enjoy ourselves. But, uh, you know, I really this past week had an opportunity unplugging to do some reflection. And I, I try to do that every year when we take a, a, a vacation is spend a little time thinking about, okay, where, where am I at in life? 
you know, when I get back to the routine, what is it that I need to be changing? You know, where am I missing it? And it just got me thinking uh, again about the importance of uh, Sabbath, uh, Sabbath rest. And this is something that's not always been a big deal to me, but in the last couple of years, I really feel like the Lord has stressed it to me more. I think I operated for so long under this kind of idea that the Lord blessed work and overwork um, Mm -hmm. more than anything else. And so I was just, you know, just burning candles at both ends. And, and, uh, and my idea being the more I work, then not necessarily the more favor I earn, but certainly the, 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 the harder I go out there and work, the Lord will bless that and, and maybe make a way one day for me to be able to take some restful times. And I think the Lord's had to try to redirect in the last couple of years, my thoughts to say, no, I've built in to you know what I plan for your life, this idea of Sabbath and of this weekly rest, and so I have begun trying to do that. And I guess really just kind of the question I was throwing out to you guys was, you know, assuming that we don't see that in a lot of guys our age in their walk, and understanding you can go to the extreme over here, which is just apathy, and you want to rest six days a week and work <laughs> one. And I don't think that's the way the Bible lays it out: work six, rest one. But I don't see guys from a lot of, of of especially men our age, younger ministers, maybe you know bivocational guys mm-hmm. who are you know this idea of Sabbath. It seems like what we're trying to do is fit something into the schedule every minute. Hey, I've got I've got time over here. I can do that. I've got time over here. I can do that. Is it that maybe we see a Sabbath as just an Old Testament? command not relevant to us anymore? Do we not value what God has given us in a time of rest? Is it that we just feel like the the godly way is just to work, 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 work as hard as you can and never stop? Um, I, I don't know that it's – I don't know that it's godly way for me as much as it's um, – I, I don't see a lot of all other alternatives. Um so, you know, I'm blessed to have a beautiful wife, three amazing children, and a foster daughter that um, God's blessed me with. And, um, you know, so practically I have responsibilities, um, and, and not responsibilities like, oh, but, but things that in, reinvigorate me and, and rejuvenate me to, to, to do. Um, but it's, it's time, okay? And so, um, you know, being there for my wife, doing the things – I need to do for my kids in terms of being daddy, but also being dad, um, drawing a distinction there. Um, and then that can be, you know, <laughs> full time anyway. And then you work to provide for them. And then because we are believers, we understand that quote unquote, as we talk about, everybody plays ball that, um, as believers, there is something for each of us to do. Um, you know, and then we are, busy and so we we like to to spend some time and so we as guys but you know we try to find time to meet with other men small group things like that um to to lift one another up but it's still time away um you know we our gospel community our small group meets on a friday night and um you know normally that for a long time that was a night where we kind of toned down and um more of a sabbath night for us and so you know it, it there's a constant something and they're all good things but it's not a work to prove. It is a everything you've. I don't want to yeah. say got to do, but it's it's the to do list that you've committed to, and it's and it's not trying to be super or anything. It's just 
that's the six, seven days a week you've got, and I could use an eighth. <laughs> See, if somebody asks me, what is, you know, what is to you Sabbath? And what I'm going to say is it, is, it is a time to, it is a time where you rest from your labors mm-hmm. for the purpose of enjoying God and his creation and, and, to me, the family that he has given you at this mm-hmm. at this point in season and juncture. So, sure. like for me, a Sabbath, you know, is, and and I don't think there's an Old Testament command here that we're still under where if you cut grass on a Sunday afternoon, <laughs> that's a sin. Now, right. I, I think if you're convicted to not cut grass on a Sunday afternoon, sure. you shouldn't. But I I do think that there is a place where where Jesus has said. You need to take a day off. You need to take a day and just rest. Unplug from responsibilities. Unplug from labor. To me, you know, I've heard other pastors describe it as, what are you doing on your Sabbath? What you enjoy doing. And so, like, for me, that is, hey, I'm going to try to unplug from email. I'm going to try to unplug from responsibilities. I'm going to focus some time on God and my family and just being with them and resting with them. Not necessarily that I'm going to take a nap on the couch well, so see, and watch football all afternoon. And that's where, when you when you started to say Sabbath, and, and I, I wanted to let you finish because I know you well enough to know you were going to flesh that out, but and you start talking about um, some time off, some time to rest, and um, there there's a distinct component of Sabbath to it's the Lord's day. And, yeah. you know, in his grace, he's he does let us have that rest, that rejuvenation. But there is there is a degree of it is a time that to uh, set aside these other responsibilities, so you you can focus on him too. Um, it's not just for you and your family. No, it's not just yeah, it's um, not just for you to. Although I like I like what you said. Don't just go sit and take a nap. Yeah. Um, I, like I've got a friend of mine who would say, you know, I I'd go play golf, but you know I. I, I connect well doing, you know, I, I go play 18 and I'm praying and I'm talking and I feel like I'm connecting with God doing that. Is he praying because the game's not going well? No, I don't or? think it's a cussing praying, but uh, I, look, that's what I'm saying. I think you could get legalistic with it. I sure. do agree. I, I don't, I don't, I mean, I think there's a component there of when you look at the Sabbath, it's always a God is there and, and there's a focus there on him and you're enjoying him. But But Jesus said, you know, I was reading this, Mark chapter two, uh, he says the, the, the Sabbath was made for man. And when I read that, what I think is there, it's a gift. You know, it's a gift. It's a gift to take a day or a time, you know, in the evenings or whatever, and, and just rest from your labor. I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of, as you can, taking a week at a time or half a week at a time throughout the year. But it seems like it's a gift that he gave us. And I just wonder if we miss that sometimes because in our mind it's not that big of a deal to take a rest i do i do think we tend to miss it i I think what we do is we tend to put trust in our busyness uh to accomplish what needs to be accomplished And, and there's something about a sabbath rest that uh puts trust in god and and not yourself uh, I was challenged by a Hudson Taylor quote um, that I found a couple of weeks ago. Hudson Taylor was um, an incredibly fruitful missionary to China, uh, the furthest thing from lazy. And this is what he said. To every toiling, heavy-laden sinner, Jesus says, come to me and rest. Hmm. But there are many toiling, heavy-laden believers too. For them, this same invitation is meant Hmm. Note well the words of Jesus. If you are heavy laden with your service and do not mistake it, 
It is not go labor on as perhaps you might imagine. On the contrary, it is stop, turn back, come to me and rest. Never, never did Christ send a heavy laden one to work. Never, never did he send a hungry one, a weary one or a sick or sorrowing one away on any service. For such the Bible says, come, come, come. Of course, he's talking about Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And I think we're missing that gospel rest that Hebrews talks about, that that rest that Jesus talks about. I think uh, we're not getting enough sleep. We're entertaining ourselves too much and, yep. and, and things like that. And it's causing burnout and friction with our families and with our physical bodies and, and spiritual lives and uh, I think you raise a good topic we need to wrestle with. I, I, I like what you said there about there's there's a trust issue there. Jeremiah 17 talks about blesses the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. He goes on to talk about curses the man who makes flesh his strength. And wow. I think that that's the idea is that it seems counterproductive to take a day or half a day or whatever. You, I, I realize some people would say, well, I, I – I have to work on Saturdays, those kinds of things. Again, I don't think this is a legalistic command. I do think it's the idea of I need to rest. There are times where I just need to push the to-do list aside, and I need to enjoy God and, and you know his creation, connect with him. Let me, let me just end saying this. The reason that I think this is a big deal is because I think culturally – like the where we live right now in the culture that we live in is working against that. Uh, we talked about this many shows back about that balance of actually I think we got into a discussion about soccer on Sunday afternoons. <laughs> the, and this is not a this is not a soccer discussion for me. This is this is that though discussion where people are starting to you know let's say play those games and schedule those for the kids on a Sunday afternoon. What I think culturally happens is that people. They look and they say, well, where do we have some free time? Oh, look, well, we've got some free time between church ends at 1230 on Sunday, and then it doesn't start up again until 5 o'clock. We can, we can squeeze a couple of games in there on Sunday afternoon because I think that's the cultural mentality. Wherever we can find some time to squeeze something <laughs> in, let's do it. Let, let's find that time. And I think culturally it works against that we rest. We don't have enough time, so let's make sure we – Yeah, I mean, we, hey, we got, we, got, we got a couple hours here. We can put something there. And, and there's something to our walk with Christ that is strengthened and rejuvenated and, and actually grows in rest the same as – and again, by rest, I don't mean laying on the couch watching football will make you holier, but just taking a break from responsibility, maybe getting away with your Bible or getting away with your family or or whatever it is, but just taking some time unplugging or resting. I really encourage people to think about how to do that in your, in your life because I think it's an important part of our walks. So yeah. – all right, I'm off my soapbox, Nick. What do you got? <laughs> finish, finish the podcast, though, before you rest. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. the rest of this might be good. Hey, I, was, I was here to talk Or to listen you. to the podcast while you're resting. Oh, that's even better. Good thinking, David. That all depends. <laughs> I don't know how well that discussion on pastries earlier is going to help you grow in holiness. But. <laughs> well, um, I, had some, I had some friends this weekend tell me that they um, to, to listen to the podcast. It was a very relaxing for them, so that was a blessing to hear. Put some sleep? No, well, I hope not. One of them talked about listening to it on long drives. So, okay. um, hopefully, hopefully it's not sleep-inducing. Um, so I wanted to talk about an um, article on christiannews.net. Um, our good buddy, uh, K. Small, Dr. 
Septum. Please let us find him a new nickname, um, alias whatever we call Doctor Septum. Doctor Septum. Um, but he he sent us over an article um, about Michael Gunger. He is a a, a singer songwriter. He um, frontman of the band aptly named Gunger, um, and uh, he you guys are killing me. <laughs> what can we help you with, Chase? I was going to say something. I, I, I've decided against it. Okay. You're very animated there. I, I you were. You threw your hands to, up. And I you, was going you, to throw in. You put your mouth. There are and then probably you just like listeners who have listened to this podcast for quite a while that have no idea why we're called the Gospel Friends and why we have nicknames. <laughs> and I was just going to give like a 15-second explanation. Well, if that. you go back to the pilot – like but most pilot or the beta? A, a lot of now, a ton of people have downloaded it, but not everybody has. I love you, David. Well, I was going to say, if you go back to the pilot, it's very clear it is because very we're clear. over overtly superheroish. I know. In there, and we, but if we you talk don't, then you're like, oh, I did start off one of the last couple episodes with my with our nicknames. Yeah, but we didn't give any context to why. Well, okay. essentially, the reasons you're saying there are why I didn't throw it in there. Right. I, I realize it's not that important. So sorry for the the show's over, kind over of loosely based on. The super, super friends. friends, yeah, super but not everybody knows that. I with don't the, think with the uh, that we have alter egos yes. to fight heresy and and we uh, just haven't fought a lot prosperity, of prosperity prosperity preachers that want to rob um, grandmas. Yeah, well, we we fought uh, religious stuff shirts earlier with that um, that the segment I did on the, <laughs> sure on the nuns. It reminds me of the first thing <laughs> people close listen to when us. they first talk about. <laughs> So I, imagine we put, I, ma- I imagine we put some um, some stuffed shirt religious people in their graves. <laughs> for oh, that. Wow! Wow! Oh, this is going to go so badly. Right, so this so is what right happens we're, when we're recording off night after long work days. Um, so we apologize. Ten p.m. It's, hey, it's late for three. So back to Gunger. Good old Gunger. Um, he's actually. This is not the first time he's been in the news lately. Um, and basically, what he um, this article. Headline, Gunger controversy continues. A singer states, Jesus could have been wrong about Adam, Noah. And basically Jesus what... Jesus could have been wrong. That is a weird sentence. <laughs> he could have, yeah. could have been mistaken. You know, I, I, I want this... With this one, I wanted to go, you guys... Because I saw it on Facebook, um, but, you know, but I didn't, I didn't bite on or, it. Or, as you called it last week, the Book of Faces. The Book of Faces. Which <laughs> just owned me for some reason. <laughs> and my wife liked that as much as she liked the Twitter. I so. bet she did. I'm sorry, Allison. Um... I'm, I am a little bit scared of your bride, by the way. Um, probably not as much as you are, but a little bit. No, but I saw it on Facebook. She and has like, a great sense of humor. It makes it. Uh, I make her sound out like she's not. She doesn't. It just certain things annoy her, like me and the Twitter. <laughs> Too many options there. I'm going to talk about Mr. Gunger. Um, all right. So Facebook article didn't bite. Um, Kevin did because he likes to read articles on the internet and he sent it over to us. And, and I, I was sure that this was sensationalism that they were just trying to, to get clicks. Um, but he really, he really does kind of go deep saying, um, that, uh, and he's a musical minded guy, but he says, Genesis, um, some of the stories in there, uh, is a poem if he's ever heard one. And so I, you know, I don't necessarily want to talk about Gunger, but, um, especially going back to that, to the story from, um, I think we should talk about Gunger. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Um, but kind of going back to that, the article, um, b- big deal or little deal. Um, I've, I've heard a couple of people actually talk about the more parable poem style of Genesis, um, even the book of Job, and how some of these um, uh, Old Testament narratives are are more um, just background rather than factual 
statements. Um, and so I guess the two questions that kind of I wanted to throw to you guys is young earth, old earth. Um, oh, that's not oh, controversial wow. at all. Well, and so it, wow, and, and maybe maybe a Tioli style um, answer on it, um, especially from the seminarian here. Um, but you know the young earth, old earth debate, um, and then also um, yeah, I actually I got to come up with a position on that real quick. <laughs> we may just kick this to Chase for um, Doctor Seminary um, in in five minutes or, or less. Um, but then also I've heard a person I was talking with. Um, Within the last couple of years, he actually um, asserted that the story of Job was a parable um, and that Job was not a person who actually ha- had lived. Um, and so we'll start off. Um, and you get that. You, you've gotten that, though, for years from people who, are, who, who apply that to various um, stories in the Bible. That, that was a parable. That was mm-hmm. a, I mean, that's, that's just not – I don't think that's anything new, personally. I mean, I think that's something that's been – you know that 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 has been happening. Um, yeah, I see where you're going with it, and that's fine. I, I would hear Chase and what he has to say on that. Um, but I, I do. Well, I wasn't limiting to just Chase. No, I, I'm, well, I, 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 I know, but I'm saying like I probably am not going to have a lot here in, to, to say right now in the in the the young Earth old Earth uh, discussion. But I would. I would say Gunger here to me is on a. This is a slippery slope. Uh, this is uh, you know I. It's one thing I think when you say, I guess I ought to come out of the closet and admit, pause, like we're looking for effect there. I don't believe in a literal six day creation. And I know a lot of Christians who say, well, I don't believe in a, you know, a, a literal six day creation in terms of, uh, you know, a, a, a literal 24 hour day. I realize that is a position among among some. But then to go on and, and to say that, um, you know, that, you know, to assume that you can get into Jesus's mind and know exactly how he thought about the whole situation, how he considered history versus myth versus whatever. How do you know? And even if he was wrong, even if he did believe that Noah was a historical person or Adam was a historical person and ended up being wrong, I don't understand how that would even deny the divinity of Christ. That that is that's an incredibly alarming statement to me. I mean, to, for him to say the point is, it wouldn't freak me out if he was wrong about it in his human side. Um, that that is an incredibly that, that is an incredibly dangerous thought process. Mm-hmm. There is that. Well, look, you know, I don't I don't believe Noah was historical or Adam was historical. How do you how do you not believe Adam was historical? Reading scripture, I mean, it, it's, it's throughout. How do you not get that sin entered the world through one? Individual, and for when you start, you know, when you start doubting all of those things, you start saying Jesus could have been wrong by believing there was an actual flood or an actual person named Noah or an actual person named Adam, and and he could get all those things wrong. That that's, I mean, that is that is the slope. That is the beginning of what I denial of the faith, denial of the the. Doctrine in, in Scripture is the beginning of a the road that you've seen many professing Christians go down. Mm-hmm. I dare say, like Rob Bell and some of those guys, who who all of a sudden you start denying those those things, and then you end up in a place where you deny the inerrancy in, of Scripture and the authority of the Word and biblical doctrinal truths. 
um, that the church has held for centuries. It is it is indeed a mouthful to say Jesus was was wrong. Uh, Jesus was in error. I will say this. I, I was hoping that headline was just to. Not to no, get clicks, no, no. I, I read the article. Um, oh, I know. I yeah. Gunger is saying exactly what the headline intimates that he that he was saying. By the way, I just got a text from Ken Ham. Um, he is on the <laughs> way down from the Creation Museum, David, to punch you between the eyes for saying you don't believe in a literal six days of creation. <laughs> I didn't say that. Um, I didn't believe in a literal six day of creation. I you I weren't heard listening you say that. to. No. I was listening quite clearly. Nick, pause, no. <laughs> playback. Oh boy. <laughs> you, I said I know Christians who don't believe in a literal twenty four hour day. Oh, par- pardon me. Hang on. Let me text Ken back. Yes, tell, tell Ken to save his trip. He was mad. Tell him to save his trip. Okay. okay we're tell good. him Bill and I said, hey. All right. <laughs> well, I will tell you guys this. Um, I have grace in the issue of how you interpret Genesis 1. Um, I, I'm not sure I should. I, I, I could, it could be that the right position is the is the Ken Ham position. I don't mean the right belief, but the right position is the Ken Ham position. That is to essentially um, attack, maybe maybe too strong of a word, but strongly challenge anybody who does not uphold a uh, creationist's uh, young earth type position. Uh, Ken Ham is somebody I respect a lot, is vehement about that. My position is a little bit different. Uh, I am what you would call a historic creationist which essentially says that the things that happened in Genesis 1-1, the creation of the heavens and earth, I believe that could have taken place uh, over a vast period of time. But I do believe in six literal days of creation. Um, So essentially, uh, you can have, in my view, it's very possible to have an old earth uh, and six literal days uh, of creation. Um, an old earth and a young Adam. I, but just, just I don't, I don't use one's view on Genesis as a theological shibboleth of of your essential views on on the West Bible. Wing. I never like using shibboleths. Sorry, I was using a, a Sibble. I was being a little. You can cut yourself. Silly there, but Tim Keller, for instance, has the poetical view of Genesis one one, and I believe Tim Keller to be uh, a man of the gospel and a man of the word. But he he does not believe in a young earth. He does not believe in a literal six days of creation. His view is not anywhere close to that Jesus was wrong or Paul was wrong. He does believe in a literal Adam and Eve, but he takes Genesis one as poetry. That is the literary framework. Well, there's a difference in not believing in a literal six-day creation and questioning the the authenticity of an atom. I don't think Tim Keller questions there was an atom that God no, created. No, he does not. He, or not Noah or a flood. I, I believe in those things. I believe in a literal flood. I believe in a literal Noah, a literal atom. And uh, I, the reason I, I'm saying that about I, I, I'm not going to get into the, to the, the debate and – I'm kind of kidding about you know trying to take a position. Here's my thing: is I just don't think Genesis spends a lot of time on the subject. It basically, to, to me, when you read Genesis, it's it's almost like there was nothing, and then there was something, and that was because of God. And now let me tell you about salvation history. That the Bible doesn't hmm. seem to be concerned in Genesis with explaining how God did things or how long it took him to do those things. I, I would agree with that. I do not consider, I'm not saying, okay, I do not consider Genesis 1 to be a scientific treatise. I'm not saying it's inaccurate scientifically. You understand, there's a distinction there. But uh, I think Genesis 1 is theological. 
yes. uh, and absolutely true, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But um, I don't think this is the thing that, that we separate over, although I think what Gunger is saying is is rapidly fleeing from the edges mm. of orthodox biblical Christianity mm. and perhaps has even totally crossed the line. And look, I, I, like I said, he is on that. That's a dang, that's a slippery slope. If there are people in his life who, um, you know, Bible believing people who have his ear, that that's that's something that you would be going to your friends who are going down that rope and saying, look, that road and saying, you're you're on. This is a dangerous path, yeah. and and you need to be careful because he, you you see Christian leaders starting this that there's this small compromise on something. And then they began to it just it unwinds. You, you Rob go Bell, down that road. Being Rob Bell being being an example of that. It just it unwinds and and uh, and that's that's dangerous and that's to me more the alarming uh, part of that situation. We are rapidly running out of time, guys. But I do think how does we should, that happen every week? I don't know. I we think must it's, all be long winded. Not just one of us. I think it's Nick. Um, wow. Some listener feedback um, this week. It was good to uh, – Chase, I'll let you do some of these, but here, here are the ones that uh, stuck out to me. Good to hear from Adhesive Wombat, Sean Francis, who said, uh, Gospel Friends, be on the lookout for this month's Ann Coulter fan club newsletter coming soon to an earbox, an inbox near an you. Earbox. An earbox. If you remember, um, I think I said a couple of shows ago that uh, Nick subscribed to the Ann yeah. Coulter fan club who yeah. – uh, Adhesive Wombat was the president of, so a little tongue-in-cheek. But it was good to hear from Bean, the Absolutely. should have been the rightful recipient of the uh, first box of cereal that, that we never gave away, that That's you right. guys never got me his address. And good to hear from James. Hey, you ate the cereal. James McSorley this week, a new uh, cereal thief, a, a new listener and a fellow Irishman like myself. Uh, who said? Uh, actually, David, <laughs> you could possibly be related. More Irish than you. <laughs> to my pastor, as I said last if week, you're Irish. Irish I can play professional. Irish basketball. is kilts and bagpipes and haggis and. Chase does not want me to be Irish, Sean and Connery I don't know why. And Braveheart and William Wallace. Irish. I'm going to bring Burke. him my uh, my family tree. But uh, uh, James McSorley, his pastor, who is retiring there in Belfast, is James McConnell. Not wow. a lot of people know this, but my full name is. James David McConnell. So What's I your think social security number? I'm not going to give that out. <laughs> and good old Chris. Well, hang on. Before you leave this, I understand that Pastor McConnell was at Whitehall Tabernacle in Belfast for Whitewell. What did like, uh, yes, thank you, Whitewell. I can't read. Wasn't it like decades? I mean, like 60, oh, no, 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 60 years. Forever. Yes. I went to their website today, and, and, and he, I think, started evangelism when he was 17. And yeah, he's uh, just finishing up like sixty years, almost sixty years. The same career. place. Yeah, that's amazing. That is awesome. That, that, that really is. is. That's that an is really awesome cool. thing. And according to James, talking to him, he has utmost respect for uh, the gospel friends. Talking to James <laughs> McSorley, he has utmost respect for Pastor McConnell Hallelujah. and uh, and his ministry there. So uh, praise God for that. And then Chris Stoddard. It's close. Nah, I, I can't get it. Stoddard. But anyway. We're sorry, um, Chris. He tweeted us out uh, talking about proper football. The proper football team that I support is Middlesbrough. Yeah, Middlesbrough. Something like that. Based in the northeast of England. (laughs) In trying to pronounce things. 10-10. People based oh, yeah, in that's the northeast wow, of 10, 10, You don't get to judge what is late for mere mortals, sir. 
Uh, it was like seven in the morning. I would understand. He actually sent us a uh, well. As uh, who's it? Super Dad calls me David McTongue Twist. But anyway, uh, he actually sent us a uh, a picture of the uh, uniform there for the uh, Ramsdens. Middlesbrough, the Ramsdens. No, that's probably their sponsor. Uh, okay, you think so? Usually. Hey, didn't we talk about the Ramsdens earlier in that in that trivia game? Yes, we did. They were the ones with the fish and chips. Oh, wow, man. that's amazing. Hang on, let me get my my notes back out. Was it? I can't yes, believe you have. Harry Ramsden's you have in your hand, by the way. Harry Ramsden's is well known for serving which food, Nick? It was fish and chips. Thank and you, the Ram- David. Want, y'all think that's related? Uh, anyway, it's cool looking. It's jersey. related, and it actually makes me miss the World Cup a little bit, even here in the middle Olé! of the season. Okay. That's Thanks a for good, that is a good looking jersey. It's it's a nice crimson and white kind of color. It's just beautiful, unmarred by any orange or blues that would be unnecessary. Uh, that is subtlety. Chris doesn't good get kit. that. Please move on. I called it Please uniform. I mean kit. He doesn't uh, get that. On. And he, uh, by the way, yeah, he did clear up because Sam called questioned his uh, accent last week. I think wondering where he was actually from. He was a Welshman from York, uh, half Welshman from Yorkshire. Okay. We also got a follow this week from Gary Goodridge and my, maybe you might remember him from back in the UFC days. I just thought it was cool that we have a real live uh, UFC oh, that's wow. a follower. He hasn't tweeted us anything yet, but he's available uh, for seminars and personal training, David. Infidel at uh, the Major Manic has tweeted us. And, Nick, if I could just get you to get ready on the old uh, edit button because I'm going to read his tweet. Are you going to read it? I'm not going to read all of it. Okay. Because hey, wait. If about, I just read this with one eye, is it as sinful? I don't know. There's about 50 swear words in it. I'm going to try to censor it. And uh, Infidel tweeted us and said, really? I am godless, hence the name Infidel for all the <laughs> – yeah, those married to camels and the keep the flat earth. I don't think you have to be married for what he's describing. Oh, oh, and he wow. also says keep the flat earth yeah. stuff away. Thank you. Hashtag pick a new book. Right, what was that all about? What did you do? I did nothing. I fo- we followed him on Twitter. Do you remember at the beginning? You remember the beginning of the show where I was questioning why you were following people who aren't Christians? This is why. Well, but that's the thing. This is not just a show for for particular kinds of Christians or Christians in a particular is, location. Okay, but so you followed him. It is a show for all men. So you followed and him. women. You followed him. Even Padukans. And, yes. You followed him, and yes. this was his response That's to your correct. follow. Yes. Uh, what does hashtag pick a new book mean? I think that means the Bible is flat earth stuff. Oh, okay. I have no idea what the camel part means. Oh, dear. I bet Infidel doesn't believe in a um, literal six days of creation. <laughs> <laughs> Let's tweet him and find out. How, did you kind respond to him? I, ha- I haven't responded Because I would to love to yet. see how you're going to respond to him. What I was let's, hoping – Let's go ahead and just – Say no. <laughs> what I was hoping is that some of the gospel friends out there would give us a nice humorous response to this tweet that would be both uh, challenging, encouraging, and uh, amusing to our friend at the Major Manic. Okay, so so you're wanting people to tweet at us proper a good response, biblical, godly. Doesn't have to be scriptural, but we're just saying not. You know, let's not go off the rails and curse. Yeah, we don't want to attack him. Yeah. We just uh-huh. want something that would be humorous. Okay. We have had plenty of Twitter Twitter interactions in the past with people who were non-believers that uh, turned out quite favorably. Because it turns out if you insult us, we don't want to burn your house down. That's true. Sometimes we think it's funny. Wait, we, Wait yes. whoa, whoa. What do we think is funny? 
The response is that the house is burning down. No, no. If you <laughs> insult us, we don't want to burn your house down. Correct. Okay. If you burn our house down, we will insult you and probably do more <laughs> than that. So don't burn our house down. Wait, don't you mean we'll we'll turn you to the next house? Uh, no. See what I did there. I do wow. see what you did there. Is okay. that? Wow. Do you think that is applicable? An applicable principle? Because I only have three houses. I don't want to. You know, <laughs> at some point, I really don't. That's All a joke. Right. Thank you for all of the uh, feedback. We we've uh, we hmm. did have also from um, our uh, who, who sent us was this Eric that sent us the uh, the tweet asking us our opinion on the uh, communion. Yes, I believe it was Eric Lopez. We should have known that Chase when you put that in the notes here. My bad. <laughs> all right, won't you explain? what yes, Eric Lopez. Okay, good. at Big Easy thirty seven thirty seven sent us a. Um, uh, a tweet this week. Um, I guess this was a Ford, was it? I, I don't know. It was a tweet with a picture, and yes, it was it was a Ford. All right, he so, asked us our opinion of prepackaged. I think it was really from, originally from Tom Guerra, but yes, prepackaged communion snacks. Uh-oh. He calls them snacks. I don't know if I would call them snacks. Well, okay, Tom Guerra calls them communion snacks. Okay, I'm just reading here. Um, and then there was some Reddit commenters and, and some of the Reddit commenters we can't, I think, read really. As per usual for Reddit. <laughs> so I guess Eric Lopez, he was asking uh, what we thought about the, um, his, uh, the prepackaged communion uh, uh, package. package. Yeah, I don't know what else to say. We don't want to call it snacks. What it is is it's a yeah, little it's, blister pack with one tiny square – uh, unappetizing looking cracker that is about the size of a man's fingernail and a small thimble full of juice. And this is essentially designed for uh, kind of a quick and easy communion. Yep. What's your I, take on this, guys? I, see, we've. I've participated in churches where it was more of a practical issue where they bought in bulk. Yeah. It. <laughs> look, Lifeway was having a sale. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, you try to get in the, in the mind of, of the how and the why and the and the practical and it, I mean it's it's unleavened and it's oh. grape juice and so I, <laughs> okay, it's so funny by the way when you pastor and I've been in a church where every week like I didn't pastor there but like in a church growing up we had real bread and real wine um, every week for communion. And then, so much about, and then you you come, you know, we, we we've done it here both ways. I think you know when I actually first started coming to Hall of Dogma Church before either one of you guys, where your communion was, the we we had something similar, little little cup of juice with a little wafer pop top thing on it. Those are expensive, by the way. Um, and uh, you know we've done the little dishes of crackers followed by the the. Uh, have you ever been past the huge thing of? Fruit juice cups that are oh, about yeah. to overflow, that and you just know that you're about to spill all wind around. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah you know you're about to spill really it on somebody. Um, so, but then when we switched to trying to do, uh, um, you know, communion with actual bread and and things like that, we we got some people who missed the way we used to do it. So that's just kind of a funny uh, thing to me. It's a kind of tradition how you you grew up. I, I would say this: this says it's for a mega church, and and I will say that if you're in a church of let's say three or four thousand people on a Sunday, I'm not sure how you serve communion apart from something similar to this. Yeah. I I may, that may be that may be where you know someone says. 
you know, some that may anger some people. But I mean, I'm just saying, like, I really don't know if I was pastoring a mega church of four thousand people and we wanted to do communion on a Sunday. I don't, I don't know. How do you do it? It's a, it's if it's if it's not question. something along those lines, I would not want to do this here. Um, that, that that would not be my Hall take. Dogma church slightly dogma smaller church. than yeah. four thousand. Slightly, uh, you know, but I would want to do it a different way, and and I can understand. Yeah, I can understand kind of the picture there of we went from the breaking of bread and 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 you know the the, the wine and you know the body and blood of Christ to this prepackaged thing. I, I can understand. I but but how else do you do it in a mega church? That's that's that would be a question. If you can do it otherwise, I don't think you should sacrifice convenience for. Um, you know, I, I think there's a maybe a a better way. Although, is it? Does it does that the elements matter as much as the heart behind it? I think probably that the latter matters more than the former. Um, I do think communion is meant to be a very much a community activity in the go- in, in the the group of uh, the go- the fellowship of the gospel doing this together. If uh, prepackaged elements limit that, that's dangerous. If it doesn't, well, then perhaps it's a little silly. It's a little odd. Um, it's a little more expensive, but um, I certainly think you can have communion with that. I think if it alienates people and it ends up being a church of 3,000, 4,000, whatever, having communion on their own uh, with these little packets, I, that's not, I think, what we're called to. There's a togetherness that I don't want us to miss with it, uh, but at the same time, I refuse to fully condemn it. I, I, I will think you made a good point. I will say, though, from from Eric's standpoint, I think there is probably something, though, we miss in communion if you prepackage it too much and, and make it out to be a, you know, uh, readily accessible and convenient. Some of the best communions I've been a part of are those where they were the, – the fullness of what communion meant was being taught and and even an, an abundance of bread and juice, not for the purpose of being full, but for the purpose of being reminded of – the abundance of the work of Christ. So I do get I do get the concern. Um, probably wouldn't have as a huge issue with it in a mega church just because I don't know how else they would do it. Sweet. Well, gentlemen, we find ourselves completely lacking in time. <laughs> I mean, what is, is about a... two hours this today? <laughs> Not quite. Thanks two for sticking hours. with us. Is there one of these it's videos really we want to close. talk about, or do we want to punt those to next week? See the videos. We have some incredibly amusing. Amusing is a word gonna, for it. All right, let, let's. Out. I think I felt I, very. Un- I think we should. Um, I think maybe um, put them in the show notes, Nick. But uh, let's let's maybe put them to next week and put talk them about next week. Yeah. Well, so why don't why don't uh, next week on them, the Gospel Friends? Actually, funny Christian videos. So having watched them, because here's here's my 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 concern for the dear listeners is they're going to get through two of these, and if and if they still have food in their stomachs from having thrown up. Um, they won't get to some of the the more interesting ones. So, what what are going to be the two chase that you would want people to to see if they're going to watch just two of these humorous videos? All right. So Nick is going to put in the show notes top ten most embarrassing yet hilarious yep. Christian. I'm going to put a link to it, and he's asking which ones should the they go listen to or if watch they can't this bear week, them all. If they can't bear them all, and then we'll we'll talk about them next. Well, week. I would say the. The if you're reviewed, able to get through all ten, yeah. if you're able to get through all ten, send us send us your favorite two. Yes. Yes. But and what we'll are the, talk about them. Yeah, but what are the two you guys want to make sure people don't miss? Uh, the renewed mind is the key. All right. Which has the chance of turning people away from church altogether. <laughs> and free will song, which I think 
will be the leading cause of an explosion of Calvinism <laughs> in the coming decades um, in Christendom. We need to put here some of the best Reformed songs versus here's here's what you actually Dustin Kinsrew this has one or two. Oh, well, this would be like right, a false flag kind of operation. <laughs> it's such a bad Armenian song that it's going to send flocks of people towards the reformed uh, understanding of Christianity. I actually I actually thought it was being sarcastic. When it's I first not. Heard it. No, it's from oh. Pensacola Christian College which is uh you know very much along the lines of the free will. All right, I'm going to give you my two. I would actually like to hear people's comments on the hey haters from uh, uh Ferdy. friend of the show, good old Ferdy. Yeah, good old good old Stephen. And uh, <laughs> and then, uh, but but just for uh, entertainment value, please go and um, listen to Mighty the Safe by Michael Vigilante. Well, let me. I got to ask. Though, Understand is though, it, when is it listening Michael, as much as Michael Vigilante the third? No, you need to watch it. You can't just listen That's, to it. That's thank. But you. look, when you get done with that, you won't. You'll never look at that song the same again. Yeah, so if you if you're predisposed to liking that song, maybe avoid it. All right, so so they're going to watch them and then and then send us feedback. Yep. We want to hear your feedback on them, and then we'll we'll talk about them next week. Do you have one, Nick, that we didn't get? Uh, well, my the two that you all mentioned. So either okay. the renewed right. mind or, and again, mighty to save. So just just to tip a little bit of a hat. Spoiler alert: um, I do come from the youth group uh, human video days, mm. and so this this had me like in a corner twitching from bad memories of of human videos gone bad. Well, at least you were twitching from that. I didn't get that reference. I didn't either. Maybe we should edit that out. (laughs) You made the joke. Look, look, it's interesting. We're not editing. Can can we just admit, nothing's getting edited out. It doesn't matter how many times Nick says, I'll edit that out. He's not really going to edit that out. I I have edited some things. He has edited. I was going to make a joke about Enterovirus 68, but then as it was flying towards the the teeth uh, coming out of my mouth, I realized, you know what? I'm not going to make that joke. Part of one day, and my alternative doing, was all, one day when awful. you're doing podcast uh, seminars. Yes, you need to make sure that you tell people that if you go to make a joke and then you stop in the middle of it and then you have this huge long pause, it's more awkward than it is. Anything I know, else. <laughs> I know. This will be a great example of that reality. Well, guys, it was great to be back, and I feel like I probably got last week's podcast and this week's podcast <laughs> kind of covered into wow. one because we've been here for about three hours or more. So. We'll, we hopefully will hear you, hear from you this week, and see you again on episode sixteen. Thanks for listening. Sixteen comes after fifteen.
I'm going to assume you're going to edit this out, right? But the doctor thing, remember with the 15 or 16. Oh, that's right. So I know that was a long time ago. We're Dave. done, right? Sure. Aren't we? Sure. Hey, could y'all make a note? We need to work on our endings. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. We could I actually had like a mental... We kind of crash-landed the plane into a mountain or something. <laughs> like, like, you know, look, we circled the airport about 50 times, yeah. and then we just do a nosedive into the ground. Yeah. Well, so last it week when we were, we were doing show too. prep with Samuel, I kind of thought about that. Oh, you know, Samuel's not... Seriously, you, you will have already faded to black, right? I hope sure. so. <laughs> you guys love me, don't you? I have a confession that I need to make. Okay. Go ahead. It's, this is a safe place. Okay. Well... Lately, I've been struggling with. Uh, well, maybe I better not say it in the microphone. Just is in it case. Uh, Auburn fandom? It's not that. It is not that. I'm hungry. Waffle House do is you, open. Do y'all know I have not eaten today? Hey, well, I had a, I had a little baggie of peanuts. Are you fasting? No, I just I'm not bothered to eat. I've, I've been mourning <laughs> being back <laughs> from vacation. Oh, so I'm hungry. Sad days are here again. So yeah, of course our intro. You I was probably do want to edit out my awkward joke. What awkward joke? Well, the one Tell about it again. twitching. <laughs> I I, didn't, I still didn't get it. No, I was gonna. Look, you, I, what I was gonna say is at least you aren't twitching from enterovirus D six. Oh okay. Yeah. Which then I thought, well, that might become a big deal, and it would, and then it wouldn't be, be funny. It wouldn't be funny at all. Considering you were the oh, one that brought the article. Exactly, and I'm terrified of it. Considering my children have asthma. So anyway. Well, terrified is probably too strong a word. Tell us goodbye, David. War Eagle. No.